Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience, where I am here with my friend Tanya Swanson. Uh, we uh, we do a lot of metaphysical stuff together, don't we? Do. We? Mm-hmm. we do, we do. And this morning we were playing with some crystals and she's going home. <laughs> A rather large one <laughs> with a, with a, with a semi large one yeah it's a lovely and uh, it's been we're in the middle of the holiday season we've got so much stuff going on today is a very special show for me uh for one hey eric hey susan happy friday happy friday and eric and i i don't know how we're doing this i'm in arizona he's in washington but we're sharing a cold <laughs> <laughs> is that where i got it from that's where I got it from. <laughs> well, Skype so. allows you to put attachments in your messages now. So <laughs> I, I must have just downloaded this virus downloaded. from you. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And the wonderful part of today's show is we have live our resident astrologer, Cheryl Hopkins. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Susan. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. It's always, it's so much fun when you're on live. We always take more time than we plan to because we get to talking. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, we got so much to say, you know, so much going on. Definitely. Well, well, there is a lot going on. There's the impeachment, um, which uh, of course, those, the articles of impeachment have not made it their way over to the Senate. I believe they're waiting to find out exactly what the process is going to be before mm-hmm. they slip something in as, as, you know, I do have to bring in, you know me, I never talk about politics, right, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Only on yeah. the first half of the show. Okay. <laughs> but, but having said that, um, when I keep hearing this, oh, the Democrats just need to get in there and, and make bills and do their job. When you have over 400 pieces of legislation waiting to be put on the floor of the Senate to be voted on that were passed in the House, forget passing or not passing, just voting on them. And Mitch McConnell has blocked the way of all of those pieces of legislation from even a vote being taken on. That is un-American. I'm sorry. It is completely un-American. It's destroying the government from within, which is what the Tea Partiers wanted in the first place, was to get in there and destroy the government. And they're in the process of doing that. This system that we have, a government of, by, and for the people, was a great idea, and we can have it, and I am really tired of it being destroyed for greed. Amen, sister. (laughs) I don't know who can argue with that. (laughs) I can't argue. You're not going to get any argument from me. There you go. (laughs) That's one, two, three. There's four of us. Four of us. I mean, you know, it's crazy. It's well, just it, it's It is part of this uh, alternate reality that yes. Uh, yes. the right wing of this country have kind of built for themselves, where they think if they just say something, then it's true now. It's the, you know, of course, the, the president is the uh, number one pusher of this idea that anything he says is true, even though clearly demonstrably 99% of what he's saying is a lie, yes. I mean, thousands of lies have been told by him mm-hmm. since he became president. He's and the most dishonest president we've ever had. 
ever in history. Absolutely. And no exaggeration you, there. You can have people you disagree with. Mm-hmm. That is not a problem. I don't have, well, you know, and I brought this up since we did the show. Remember with uh, Rachel Alexander, we had her on. Her her political views and mine are polar opposite, but it was a respectful show. Mm-hmm. And that can be done. We can disagree. I mean, yeah. she did bring up the alternative facts thing, and I said, and most people call those lies. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, uh, that's the alternative to a fact is a lie, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reality that's like, uh, it's, it's a little insane, and it's a lot insane, but we can do it. And I, there's, the false narratives start in a whole lot of ways. When we look at the number of people who are qualified to vote, but don't register to vote, that leaves out a whole chunk of people. So when you are only polling registered voters, that's a small percentage of people who are able to vote and don't. I think right now, isn't it, um, I believe the millennials are have surpassed in numbers. Right. Uh, the boomers for the first the boomers. time. So what, what's the saying they've got now? All right, boomer. Okay, 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 boomer. Okay, boomer. And you know what? Yes, I am one of those, but I am not one of those. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm embarrassed by my generation uh, because it's like, please be quiet. Um, You have nothing to say. If you have something that you that to say, that's fine. But uh, you know, millennials and keep saying, well, they don't vote. Um, what do you think about that, Eric, the, the fact that people accuse millennials of not voting because they haven't come out in big numbers? Yeah, well, I, you know, you can't argue with the data. So right. I, I think, right. I'd, unfortunately, it, it's something that should be motivating millennials to prove them wrong, get out Hello. and actually vote. Get uh, out and vote. Yeah, you know, and when it comes to, you know, politics, they are overwhelmingly more progressive, but that doesn't matter if they don't, if you don't act vote. on it. And yeah, get right. out and vote. And unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, this idea that voting doesn't matter, the two parties are the same. <laughs> There's a lot right. of that being pushed, and it's just demonstrably not true. And if well, you actually act <laughs> and actually vote, you can see the changes you want. You don't get everything you want, clearly. Nobody ever gets everything they want, but you can move things in the right direction. Well, our system is based on compromise. It always has been. Mm-hmm. The, the Constitution, everything was, was uh, well, I'll give a little here, you give a little there, and, and, and there's compromise. Sure. We've always been that way until recently, until the last 20 years or so. Uh, but you, they're, they're, the problem is, yes, Corporate America and corporate Democrats are not good because there's more hypocrisy there. And here's to me how Trump gets away with talking about what does he call the media? Uh, like enemies news. of the state. Enemies and, of yeah, the well, people. He has said that. News. Well, he said news, that. Yeah. 
Fake news, fake news, fake, fake news. news. Well, because they haven't been honest in their news reporting. Mm-hmm. They do support large corporations. They don't bring up things that, that interfere with their bottom line. And, you know, these this is an important thing. That's how he's gotten away with his lies, because they haven't stood up and been counted the way that they should, and that they should be telling stories. I mean, how does the petroleum industry get paid, they get subsidized by the taxpayer, and they have profits out the roof. Mm-hmm. Which is Why crazy. are we subsidizing them? We should be subsidizing solar and, and water and, you mm-hmm. know, and all of these other things that we're doing, which we're not, because they're keeping it artificially stuck in this position. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you've got a president, though, that thinks that the real problem with the world is low-flow toilets, <laughs> and that windmills somehow magically cause cancer. Total nonsense. Again, going back to that, uh, I'll just say it, and it's reality. Right. You, when you've got people... that, you know, dam in the way of yeah. any, you know, clean energy movement, That's right. then how do we get what we want? Well, we have right. to vote people like that out of office. Out but, of office. But I feel like he says a lot of that stuff. He doesn't actually believe it. He, it's he doesn't so, believe it. It doesn't like, matter if he believes it. He's directing his EPA. Direction and yeah. people who are sim- more simple-minded and they're like, oh yeah, that's because they don't understand the complexity, nor as Susan's and I had discussed earlier, nor do they want to because thinking hurts a lot of people. Um, Well, thinking is very painful. (laughs) It's it's like, what? You want me to actually think? Can I just Mm -hmm. react? Can I just hate people because they have brown skin and and black skin and and that they they are definitely, you know, they're all criminals. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know that, you know, they're rapists, they're thieves, they're this. I'm not because I'm, you know, this older white person who, you know, is, you know, but my daughter, when we moved down to Arizona, she said, mom, you know, that white privilege we've heard so much about. She said, we found it. <laughs> and, uh, and I was laughing and she goes, and I like it. You know, and we're just laughing because it's tough. It's hysterical. I said, the biggest problem with it is these people really, truly do not know they have white privilege. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. They think that's normal, and it's not. Just saying. And you're talking about Trump supporters here when you say that. Pretty basically. I don't see a lot of uh, people who are progressive uh, supporting white privilege. I I, I don't see it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The people I know... Well, like millennials, millennials don't care what your skin is. They don't care who you love. You know, they don't care about about these things that are that have never been important to me. But I can tell you back in the day, uh, friends, my mother was uh, in show business and, uh, you know, managed a, a, a live theater and all of this. And uh, I knew I had uh, several friends in Texas who were sent to prison because they were gay. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what that's that was their crime was being gay. That's not that long ago. Right. You know, uh, for for those kind of things. And, and we're not understanding that. Uh, yeah. Racism right now, like in the juvenile penal system, brown and black children are five times more likely to be incarcerated than than white, white children or Asian children. 
It's an outrage, you know, uh, that you are automatically, uh, well, you know, well, you know how those people are, that, that kind of attitude. And that's an insanity to me. And millennials feel they don't understand it. They really don't. They don't look at the world that way, which I think is wonderful that we're moving in that direction. Not near fast enough. Absolutely. Um, I find it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the only thing with the uh, millennials, which uh, I know is so unnerving to so many baby boomer types that I know, is like what what you had said earlier. I think it was you, Susan, or Eric, that you know their attitude is they don't want to be a part of this. They don't want to be a part of this madness we have created. And our, our, we look at that and we say, yeah, you know, we get that. We agree with you. But if anything's going to change, you have to participate. And they right. simply just don't go there. They just don't see like, well, how is my participating in that madness you've created going to change anything? Better to let you all just die. And then we can create, you know, something yeah. that is more in line with where, how we want to live yeah. and how we, we that's so true. That's so true. Ex- yes, it is yeah. and it isn't. I mean, it's some of it the is, and I, I understand that. Yeah. The problem is, we may have left you with such a mess that you're going to spend your entire life trying to clean it up. And the reality of that is not really dawning on them, not at this right. point in age range. I get, I totally get that. But I mean, this is just. The understanding that I've been able to come to after yeah. this whole argument, hearing this argument from both the baby boomer side and, and, and their side, you know what I'm saying? It's like they, I read a really good article in Inc. that was from a pers- perspective of a middle level manager who hires millennials. And he talked about how there's a misconception about them. They are not lazy. They're they, not you- lazy. I don't, I don't think that at all. Yeah, that they, that they care about what they are going to contribute their energy to. If they're going to right. work for a company, they want to know that this is going to make a difference. Right. That it, it's not just me going in, clocking in, trading time for dollars. That what I'm doing is going to matter to not only the company, yep. to the planet. It's going to make things better. And if they don't have that sense of that, they, they check out. They just are not engaged. And so he was really the, creating the article as advice to a, a, a colleague at his level in the corporate world. This is how you deal with the millennials. This is how you engage them and get the best out of them. Don't expect them to fit into your you know baby, baby boomer perspective because they, they don't seem to be oriented that way. So you kind of have to meet them where they are and learn to get the best out of them. I totally agree with you. Uh, I think that I am a, you know, you've heard of an Oreo cookie. I'm an, a, you know, an Oreo millennial, uh, you know, kind of thing. It's that, you know, I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. I have a cold, okay? <laughs> but what my point that I'm making. Are you, are you double stuffed millennial? <laughs> Yeah, hey, outside, you're a hey, are you one of, are you one of the weight. thins? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what kind of Oreo. Because <laughs> I, I just, here. I don't get the metaphor. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to say on the inside. Okay. <laughs> like the Gaines, there was a Gaines uh, p- uh, puppy chow c- uh, commercial where he looks like a grown dog on the outside, but on the inside, he's still a puppy. That would be me, I guess. Maybe that's a better <laughs> analogy than the Oreo. <laughs> than the Oreo cookie. But oh, yeah. the, 
the the point the point that I'm trying to make here is that I have lived my life flying without a net. I could not go to work in corporate America. I couldn't deal with the hypocrisy. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I've I have made my own way in the world, found my own way to make a living. Uh, and, and I'm not saying it's always been easy, but it's always been me. I've been yeah. true to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. I mean, you know, I think that that was really the chief message of the recent Uranus and Aries transit, which happened from 2003 until uh, 2017 when it first touched into Taurus. Um, now, of course, it's in Taurus uh, as of, I think it was March of this year to beginning its seven years transiting of the Taurus sign. Oh, yeah. But when it was in Aries, that was the one of the chief messages to the planet. It's, you know, forget about the other. What about you? What are you about? What are you here to do? What Don't point your finger. Yeah, but but your, not, not so much, it, it, you know, it's what you're saying, but it's really more, um, especially those of us in the caregiving industries or caregiving activities or feel like we're here on some sort of mission to help the planet or whatever, you know, the better, there can become an imbalance. It's about, okay, what about your light, your growth, your evolution, okay? Why are you here is essentially the message of what right, that is. Right, right. And we saw a lot of um, young people come to the fore and effect transformative change on the planet. I mean, the, the uh, Arab Spring was kicked off by a young man in his mid-20s who was fed up with not being able to earn a living in his country of Tunisia, and he set himself on fire. That is what sparked off the um, the Arab Spring. You had similar things happening in Egypt with young people uh, being uh, mis uh, one one young man was imprisoned uh, by the Egyptian authorities. He became a cause celebrity. Look at what just happened in Sudan. You had this young woman. She stood up on the, on a car, and the image of her with her hand pointed upward was like the the their version of the Statue of Liberty. Another young person, and then we have my favorite Greta Thunberg, who's mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. I'm telling them, you Bird. know, on you. Bird, not, I mean, not Barry. Yeah, Go right. Uh, right. But, but in Swedish, it's Thunberg. That's how it's pronounced. Um, so the point is, is that that Uranus and Aries transit carrying over now into the Taurian uh, Earth energy, saying that it's time for the body to change. We're, you know, we're all one body, and it's time for the body to change. It's time for the earth to change. So, right, it's interesting. Well, yeah. It, yeah, it's all interesting. And uh, when you have a, a first lady uh, who says that uh, bullying is a, not a good thing, and she's married to the biggest bully on the planet, um, you know, and he, and he, uh, you know, is. Well, it's okay for him to pick on her because she's a 16-year-old girl who's going around in public, speaking publicly. Uh, but, you know, someone who just uses a name, uh, he can call his son Baron, but that doesn't make him a Baron. It's not picking on this kid. It's a, a, a use of words which it's like, oh, look, you're being mean to a child. Like, no, there was no meanness to the child at all in that statement. It was just talking about... You could call somebody a, a baron, but that doesn't make them a baron. And uh, that's completely different. There was no harm done to the child. But you can take and say that she needs to chill and go to a movie and do all of this. And like, uh, because you're jealous 
of a child, basically, who got an award you didn't get and then you coveted. And uh, I mean, that the the immaturity, the the level of of uh, immaturity is is just astounding that we have people in our government right now who think that it's okay for the president of our country to behave in this childish, immature, and how about we just get right down to it, corrupt, illegal manner. He's only had two two articles of impeachment when he has committed crime after crime after crime. He, in my opinion, they need to go ahead and, and, and not just stick with just this one thing, which a lot of people aren't understanding anyway, if you're not political, and charge him with the other crimes he's committed. But Right. I agree with you. But I think what's really fascinating about this is that the one person who has been able to push him, to get, set him back on his heels has been Nancy Pelosi. I she, uh, a woman. When she is playing three-dimensional chess and the long, uh-huh. and and I just I love it. I mean, she doesn't. It's like she doesn't show you know show that you know that she sweats. She's just like right there. She's clear. She's crisp. And it's like I'll, I'm happy to wait you out. Uh, it's really it's really fascinating because when at least when I look at the astrology of of what has happened, like for instance, I ran charts uh, when he made that phone call to Ukraine. Uh, when the whistleblower uh, transcript was released, um, and then uh, what else? Uh, When the quid pro quo was was talked about, and just the aspects in his chart to Mercury, which rules rules communication, um, uh, reason, intelligence, so to speak, which also his, his, uh, let's see, Sun and uh, North Node sit right next to the United States Mars. So this is one of the reasons I believe why the people on his side see him as a fighter and as a champion. It's because, you know, you know the Mars in the chart has to do with um, competition, fight, defense. And in our chart in Gemini, it, you know, it explains why the, the fight for freedom was such an important motivating factor for us breaking away from the King of England. Well, you know, fast forward and we have a president who has his son and his North Node, which is a karmic point, uh, sitting right there on the U.S. sun, uh, Mars. So it shows that, you know, he was kind of born to be a champion for these people. Um, that in no way, shape, form or factor, you know, speaks to the rightness or the wrongness, but just that that's how they see him. And yes, that's you know, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the mercury in his chart was so heavily stimulated um, by the transit transiting Capricorn planets uh, when this occurred. It was just absolutely fascinating as to how this is just consistently played out. And then when the transcript was released, which was on September 25th, his progressed mercury, in other words, where his natal mercury had moved on September 25th of this year, was hugging um, the uh, uh, ascendant of his chart, so from the 12th house, so basically saying it had all been done in secret and that the secret was about to be revealed. <laughs> and in fact, in fact, it was. It was, in fact, it was. Now, the other point I want to make, which may explain a little bit about his 
the behavior, the calling of the fake news and the denigrating the media and this and that, um, is that he has a Leo rising. Now, of, of the different ways of describing the Leo uh, psychology and style of expression, one of them is the archetype of the performer. I had read that when he came out of school, all right, after he had this allegedly, you know, great education, which of course we know was bought and paid for, he said to his father he wanted to produce a show on Broadway. He he really was very interested in that and doing that as a living. And his father, let's just say, showed him the error of his ways real quick. And that went out the window. If you look at everything he's done since then, how he pogs the media, how he always wants to be in the limelight, how he always wants to be the one, how everything's draped in gold. It's like he's a performer. He is trying to you know, put forth this image of himself as to who he wants you to see him to be. Yeah. And, right. you know, and, that's, and so he's good at that. And so in his conversation, what does he do? He, like he told Leslie Stahl, it was very, very early in the campaign in 2016 or so, she interviewed him. And she says, why do you keep making these statements about the media that are untrue? And he said to her, very honestly, that was the one and only time. So if you didn't tune in for it, oh, well. He said, <laughs> he, he said to her, he goes, Leslie, I'll tell you why I do it. He says, I do it because the more that I do that, the more when you say something about me that's bad, they won't believe you. He was mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And this is why he does what he does. And once again, it's that performance aspect of, you know, I want you to see me like, I want you to see me like this, no matter how I really am. I mean, and, and unfortunately, he has tapped into it's like I often think to myself, if, if, I don't know which one it was, if it was Goebbels, if he was the propaganda minister of the Nazis. Yeah, he was. Okay. I mean, he, Goebbels would have to smile at the way that he and the Republican Party have just, yep. they, they have just drunk the Kool-Aid that they keep pouring out over and over and over again. They lost their minds. They don't seem to have the capacity to think objectively, to look at the, the facts, to even determine a fact. All that seems to matter to them is that Willie is going to fight for us. That's all that seems to matter to them. So, you know, that that's where it is. <laughs> but fight for what? And that's the whole thing. They're not even clear on what it is that he's, quote, fighting for them oh, for. Yeah, they are. They're clear. They're they clear. are? What oh, is it's it? clear. The status quo. Cool. There's, there's, just, there's just an article out. I just saw. I didn't get a chance to, to fully read it. Um, I think it's in The Atlantic <clears throat> where somebody had interviewed uh, a few prominent evangelicals. Okay? Okay. Let's take the evangelicals, all right? Those paragons of morality who we had to hear during yeah, the Yeah, right. How terrible the Democrats were, and, and the activist judges, et cetera, et cetera, were immoral, right? What 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 is it about Donald Trump and why they will stick to him no matter what he does, even if he shoots somebody on Fifth Avenue? Why they will stick with him? Abortion. Because, because he is restricting immigration. Oh, immigration. Immigration. I, I figured yeah. abortion would be a much more. Yeah, but he's uh, he's he is not anti-abortion. If you wait, if when you, I'm going to send you a link to this article when you see that they uh, did the research, okay, in an extensive polling, and they looked at um, evangelicals, I agree. evangelicals, 
um, and, and what their beliefs are, and the numbers are astounding. And what are the biggest numbers around? Immigration. They have specifically white, white evangelicals have this fear of immigrants who they think do not belong here. So this is not uncommon in American history because no, one, no. one group comes in and the group that came before you thinks you don't belong here. I mean, this is something that we've had, right? And I'm right. from New York and New York is right. where they all came up until fairly recently when they could enter through other areas of the country. But the point is, is that, uh, yeah, the immigration issue apparently is a big issue for them. This is why one of the reasons why they want all of these uh, far right judges on the judiciary, because they 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 have had the demographics for well over 20, 30 years. They have known that the demographics are changing and not in their favor. That's okay? right. This is why the voter suppression. This is why. That's right. Hardline in immigration. All right. We don't even hear about abortion anymore. Notice that all we hear about is immigration, um, you know, and these other issues. So. Yeah, I mean, That's it's just, fascinating. It is, uh, which fascinating. Way which way is up? That's yep. the question. So I know that right now, astrologically, with, with, with the eclipses and all the things that are happening, you know, there's this opportunity to, quote, get out of prison mm -hmm. because we are like imprisoned in our minds and in our lives, and we don't have to be. We, we have right. this opportunity to free ourselves. Would you say that that was fairly accurate? Well, yeah, yes. Now, now understand that since the I call it the Capricorn moment that we've been in since 2008, when Pluto, the planet of uh, transformation, uh, entered Pluto. Okay, I'm sorry, entered Capricorn. That was in 2008. So 2017 winter solstice, Saturn, the planet that rules Capricorn, entered and joined up with Pluto. Well, they will come together. All right, very specifically in January from the 7th to the 23rd, the specific date where they will be exact is the 12th, but it is the period of the 7th to the 23rd when these two planets will, will finally come together. And it, it, this it, is very, very big. This is very big. This is very powerful. But this in and of itself has been the energy of this. We have been under, as I said, um, first when Pluto entered in 2008. Right. And then it increased when Saturn joined up, winter solstice 2017, okay? And then we had the the, the lunar nodes um, when they had entered into uh, Cancer, sorry, uh, when they had entered into Cancer Capricorn, um, then they also added the, the karmic element, you might say, to the energies. And the call was, it is time to, to reinvent it is time to reorganize. It is time to change. The existing structures are not going to work. And this is, I mean, from the moment Pluto entered um, Capricorn in 2008, it entered right as the dawning awareness of the economic downturn. That, right. All the stuff that had went into that was happening on the down low. Only people in the financial industry re in the government really understood what was going on, you know, in terms of that. Uh, but then it came to light around the time that Pluto entered. So this month, or meaning, you know, the new month, January, it's going to come to exactitude. So when you have two powerful um, 
planets like this that take a long time to come together, when you know, to come together, it's not the date itself. It's the period with which they are approaching and then the period with which they're separating. It's that whole time frame, okay? Okay. That, is that the energy is in place. So reinvention is the, is the call of the day. But the other thing is, is that this is often the time where we see a rise in tyrannical dictatorial leadership in, in government. And what have we seen during that time? Wouldn't you yep. say? Yep. Okay? Definitely yeah, definitely true. Mm-hmm. Suppressing the people, suppressing, uh, controlling, constraining the pe- uh, movement, communications, uh, etc. And this has been happening with the uh, inclusion of Neptune, the planet of dissolving illumination in its own sign of Pisces, the last sign of the zodiac, which of course is a water sign, right? So Pi- Neptune and Pisces contribution here is the only water element that is in, that is uh, in effect, you might say, giving some sort of relief to all of this Capricornian, Capricornian earthy emphasis. Uh, but the other aspect of the Neptune in Pisces is that it gives this sense of apathy. It crea- it gives this sense of, you know, discontent in the people. Yes. Confusion. People don't care. People are too busy dealing with just trying to, to live. And, and many are just giving up that you know, and just living on the street or, or, you know, doing, making choices that they would not have made before, because it seems that so much is stacked against them within this time with this heavy Capricornian energy. So everyone's tired. Everyone's tired. That's true. True. Not knowing where to turn, not where is this going to end? This is what we've been under for quite some time. And it will continue to be in place for a while longer because Pluto is not going to move out of Capricorn until, uh, let's see, I think it's the mid-2020s, all right? But before he even moves there, about 2024, 2025 is when he starts to move into the next sign. But before he gets there, around 2022 to 2024, he is going to come back to the exact position he was in in the astrological chart that most astrologers in the West use for the United States in reference to the Declaration of Independence. That's at 27 degrees of Capricorn. That that's, is where, that's where Capricorn currently is moving toward right now. So 2022 to 2024 is when that happens, okay? Um, go ahead, you wanna say something, Susan? No, I, and it's fascinating to me, the cycles within cycles mm-hmm. within cycles, the broader cycles and the narrower cycles and how they're all click, 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 clicking in together. Absolutely. That's why I wanted to, to kind of just lay that out. So what we have going on what we Sorry. Have done right today is um, we've got, uh, uh, with this eclipse, we have Pluto, Saturn, uh, Jupiter, Sun, Moon, all in Capricorn. And then if we add Cirrus, the feminine uh, asteroid, we've got six planets in Capricorn plus the South Node. That is, I mean, a That's heavy huge. amount of focus. Yeah. You know? Um, and, Break out of prison. Break out of prison. And and and, beca- and it's, it is time to, to shift and to change. Now, the other interesting bit is that for January, we will have a lunar eclipse in Cancer. 
right. that would be at, at, uh, at 20 degrees. And the lunar eclipse is like an intensified full moon. And what it symbolizes is that it is time, you have reached the fullest point, the most ripe manifestation of whatever you have seeded in the prior cycle, the prior beginning new moon cycle, okay? Yes. And so it has this sense of, you know, culmination. And culmination can be wonderful if you've been putting in a lot of uh, effort in order to to grow that that man, that idea, to grow that project, to grow that relationship, whatever, whatever, right? And and it gets to the point where it just starts to click in, and you realize this is this is really good. Then you you realize that now you're operating at a different level within the context of the creation. Well, when- Cheryl. I'm yeah. doing my little happy dance over here <laughs> because, you know, we, we finished the screenplay. We we're in the process of editing. We're in the process of setting up meets. And I just feel like that what you're saying is just that push forward on this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, when it comes to like uh, events, like uh, if you're going to engage with the public, you know, of course the waxing, cycle of the moon is the best time the full moon is is a good time because it's it's the opposite of you so in other words it's that opposites attract um uh, bit so to speak and it's also the fact that it's at the fullest light so what it is that you have uh, brought forth is in its fullest light and so that's a that's a good thing in terms of what it is you're undertaking there's another part to that which is that if what has been planted, what has been seeded, is no longer working, then when we get to the the lunar eclipse, it is time to let go. It is time to either let go in some way. It doesn't have to mean that the relationship is done, but that could be a meaning when we're talking relationship matters. It could mean that how you have to relate within the relationship must change if it is going to continue on. But something has to fundamentally change because (laughs) The nature of the cycle is after the full moon, the moon now starts losing her light and she moves through the waning half of the cycle. You see. Right, right. So, yeah. so this is this is all this is apropos. So this is, is interesting how this is gonna play out. So keep in mind And the days are getting lighter. Yes. The tenth of the month, which is when this eclipse occurs, is actually ten days before the traditional state of the union uh, address. This year, I understand my husband was telling me that Nancy Pelosi invited the president yeah, yeah. to the State of the Union in February. Because I said, why February? That's later than normal. He says, I know. He goes, it makes me wonder what the, what the strategy is that they're working with. <laughs> because they, remember, when it comes to Trump, there are two books that are supposed to come out in January. There is Jim Mattis's book and there is Jim's oh. book. Okay. Which, who, who was the second one? I was owing over Jim Mattis, so I yeah John, missed it. John Bolton. Ah, oh, who is? I'm not a fan of John Bolton, but right. <laughs> you know, but right. uh, yeah, yeah. When you when you have people on that side, Mattis and Bolton, yes, who yes. are not happy with the crazy man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're they're a little right of Attila the Hun. So well, they're they're, they're real radicals. He's just an um, just an actor. 
Yeah. There you go. Exactly. You said it, actor. Exactly. That you, you nailed it right there. And I mentioned that because of what you said earlier, Susan, about, you know, the fact that they just got him on two um, articles of impeachment when there's all this other stuff. Well, it, 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 you know, I brought up Nancy Pelosi because she seems to be very astute at reading the tea leaves when it comes to the politics. That's and true. And able to, to shift and to align and to adapt. And who knows what her considerations are? Who knows all the information that she currently has, as well as Mitch McConnell too. And we we can we will get some ideas from how they engage with each other. But the fact that she held the articles of impeachment uh, at this point in time, and she is using the rationale that we need to know what the Senate will do before we can name our managers. And there you go. In the meantime, depending on how long it takes the Senate, she threw the ball in their lap, depending on how long it takes them, we might have Bolton's book come out. We might have Madison's book with more crap revealed. Well, because I find it fascinating that um, their way of, of, of making things not happen or doing what they want is to, to not do anything, and it's working against them this time. At some point in time, it was going to have to boomerang. Remember what I was saying, that since, uh, I think it's since November of 2018, that was when the lunar nodes transited into Cancer Capricorn. So, you know, Saturn is the traditional ruler of Capricorn. Saturn's father, Tom, all right? He will outweigh, he will wait you out because you can never win against father time. You will either do it or reap the karma of doing it. You will not do wow. it, the karma of not doing it. So it doesn't matter what the Senate does, if they don't want to live up to their responsibility, they'll reap that karma. If they do, they'll reap that karma. Either way, there's going to be karma. That's <laughs> right. Well, you know what? We went about 15 minutes past where yes. we're supposed to take a break. Right. Right. Uh, I would like to take a break and then come back with some wrap up with this because honestly, Everything that you're saying is fascinating, and it fits. If you start looking at where the – and Tanya's sitting here nodding her head. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fascinating where you see how the planets are doing this, and it's reflected in the world in which we live. Yes, yes, yes. And I think, to me, my advice to people is to stay in integrity, mm-hmm. always be transparent, Always, always look for the good in people and instead of the bad, if if at all possible. <laughs> but let's take a short break uh, and then come back and 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 finish talking about this because this is such a fascinating subject. It's so pertinent now. I mean, you want to talk about a new year? We are really, truly in the process of a new year. Mm-hmm. In, a, yes. in, a, in, a, in the most esoteric way we possibly can talk about this. So you are listening to the Susan Harmon Experience, and it is an experience, folks. Tanya Swanson and Cheryl Hopkins here with me, cutting things up. Stay tuned for more exciting news and information. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. 
Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. In March 2016, Melinda Rabine received the Right Now Today Humanitarian Award for her work on a film about domestic violence called Asylum, which was also awarded Best Narrative Short at the 2018 Cinema on the Bayou Film Festival. Now she's turned her talents to making a new documentary, Stories of Us, Camp Second Chance. In the process, she embedded herself in the camp during the snows of winter, spending Christmas there and returning for numerous visits since. Rabide shows the beauty and humanity of the homeless residents and builds a bridge of compassion in this compelling look at the common threads that bind us all. Interested in knowing more? Contact Melinda Rabine. Email melindarabine at gmail.com. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, where she's rocking out saying she ain't no millionaire son. No. <laughs> we be of the people. <laughs> you know, and honestly, that was what the intention was here, a government of, by, and for the people. And every time I hear someone say, well, the government does this, well, because you're not stepping up and being the government. That's the idea. The idea was that we are to govern ourselves. All right, Cheryl. This is so fascinating, and we were having such a good conversation during the break. Uh, I ain't no fortunate one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me just uh, share this little tidbit with you as a means of wrapping up. So when you we were on earlier and we were talking, I got like three, six, seven, eight charts in front of me right now. Um, what two of them really caught my attention? I was looking at aspects to Donald Trump's chart. Uh, right now, the eclipse aspects uh, for uh, January, and I was also looking at aspects, eclipse aspects to the POTUS chart. The POTUS chart is the chart for the office of the president yes. of yes. the United States. And uh, suddenly it hit me like, holy crap, that the, both of these charts have Leo rising. Um, both of these charts have Taurus at the, the, the mid heaven. Okay. And the most significant thing that jumped out at me, both these charts have transiting Neptune. In other words, where Neptune currently is in the sky in relationship to Jupiter in both Trump's chart and in the office of the presidency's chart. So what does that mean? Neptune shows us where we may not be seeing clearly where we need a new vision, a new view, because what we are focused 2020, on- 2020, the vision of 2020. Right. see 2020. Right. And Jupiter is the expansive urge, but it's also what we hope put faith in. What do you put yeah. your faith in? What do you have faith? Your capacity to maintain faith, the whole faith. Well, in Trump's chart, this aspect is very stressed. They don't connect with each other. And he has to make an effort in order to get the message of Neptune. So just forget that, right? Yeah, but that, that ain't also, happening. That also speaks to his penchant for propaganda, for brainwashing, for uh -huh. lying, 
for painting this outrageous picture. Think of Oz behind the curtain. This right. little man has been controlling everything. That's what I thought of when I saw the Neptune to Jupiter in his chart. In the chart for the President of the United States, the aspect is favorable, um, but that it does seem to show that there is some, uh, what is the word, that the perspective of the president's um, value as a leader is definitely going to be eroded. And so, and he is the one who's obviously is doing that. We are experiencing that, but the charts really align and kind of show you that. So that's, that's, that's it. That's very that. hopeful. I, I have to honestly say that, 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 that gives that, me hope, Cheryl. Tanya was so <laughs> depressed and that just gave, she's sitting here nodding. Yeah. That just gave her hope. <laughs> good, 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 good. It's always good to end on a note of hope. <laughs> it certainly is. Well, we spent more time on astrology than we originally intended, but you know what? I It really needed to be done. It really did. Oh, thank you, ladies. And it's been great. And I love it. I mean, I always try to stay in my time, but, you know, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Because, you know, Susan is a free spirit, and she's just going to go with the energies wherever they take her. And that this is, is where the energies yeah. went. And and you yeah. gave me personally uh, some really good stuff, because I really feel that these projects I've been working on are coming to fruition. And I, I feel so strong about it. Uh, my intuition, you know, I do what I call intuitive counseling. I use logic and I use intuition combined. And my for my own self, I feel like, Cheryl, I think you're speaking to me. <laughs> I heard you. I heard you doing the happy dance. I'm doing my little happy dance, you know. <laughs> Tanya's doing her little happy dance. And, me too. And, and Kira's sitting over here just uh, thinking about it. <laughs> we have... Uh, Tanya's beautiful daughter has joined us here today, and it's just an abs. She's a delightful person. I just want to thank her for being so patient with me and her mom, you know, during all of this. And she's just, she's just being real. Of course, Ooh. she's a, she's over there playing with her, what her you, electronics, her electronics. But you know, she's almost a millennial. Yeah, she, she does. She's like on the cups. Is she? Of, um, so she's actually Generation Z. I think it's Z. Generation D for Z, darling. Z. Or Z. Oh, for Zoom. Z. Yeah, Zoom. <laughs> so, but she's right on the cusp. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they definitely have a different kind of mindset. They have a different viewpoint, and they're more accepting of their gifts, I think. I think that that's one of the most important things is that the younger people, it's not. I think part of it is is they have a support system that the older generations didn't have. Right. And the, having that support system when you come in makes it so much easier to say, well, yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm seeing these colors and I'm, you know, this energy is moving through me in a way that pe people aren't calling you crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think I honestly believe that humanity is growing beautifully, that we, we're doing as we should, that we're pulling the corruption up so it can be seen. Mm -hmm. You can't lance, you know, you can't, if you have a boil on your knee, you got to lance the wound, get the pus out before you can clear the, clear the wound clear up. The and that's what we're in the process of doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, I hope you have a phenomenal start to the new year and uh, it'll be very interesting. 2020 is going to be a very interesting year and a very interesting start to a very amazing decade. So we will see, of course, what the stars tell us as we go forward. 
I've just decided I've going to become wiser and more beautiful as the decade flows on. <laughs> that is wonderful to hear. That is good <laughs> advice for everybody. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that. I do believe that it, it's the time to, to really allow yourself to be real and, and, and don't be imprisoned by, by thoughts that hold you down and feelings that hold you down. If you're surrounding yourself with people that make you feel bad, Find other people. people. <laughs> right? Yeah, or jobs. Or... You just you just did that I yourself. Did. And it, and how does that feel when you when you eliminate somebody from your life that has made you miserable? Empowering. It is. Absolutely. It gives you a sense of strength that you didn't know that you had. And um, I think it uh, it brings focus to onto the things that do bring you joy and success in life. Because you're not being drained by nonsense you're getting rid of those energies that don't serve you i i totally agree i mean i think that that the greatest things we could do for ourselves are things that bring joy to us if you're following your 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 bliss i know that that's such a trite saying now mm -hmm. follow your bliss and people go oh you have, still have to make a living well honey honeys darlings my dear friends out there in radio land I have lived my life literally flying without a net. Now, when I was younger, I had a lot of different jobs. I was everything from a truck driver to a topless dancer. So I, so I covered a lot of territory there. Right? <laughs> She's laughing. Everybody wants to know about the topless dancer. They never ask me about the truck driving. I don't know why. But, uh, you know, I settled into I need to do who I am. And that's what I do. I have a, you know, my dining room is no longer a dining room. It's got a pyramid in there. It's got a massage table in there. It's got crystals, you know. It's who I am. I do who I am. Uh, if I'm there at some place and, and that person's dead relative starts talking to me, I I don't have any choice. I have to pass that information on. Right. I think that happened with us, actually. Yeah. yeah. Something similar to that. Yeah, several times. And I think, it, like, it's the same for me, too. I always say that in the last year, I decided to come out of my spiritual closet, and I don't care anymore if people think I'm crazy. But you know what I found is that actually most people are more spiritual than you think. I totally agree. And on that note, I am going to say keep on dancing.